0: Lekut Parsha Nasir It's also a Siam a Mesecta a summary of the Sichah. One of the themes in our Parsha, in fact, an important theme, as we can see from the fact that the haftira is also on the same theme, is the laws of Nazirah. So becoming a Nazir. So there are a few different types of Nazirs There is somebody that takes, uh, that becomes a Nazir, takes a vow to become a Nazir for a certain amount of time minimum 30 days and it can go on for, long, for much longer then there is a nazer that becomes a nazer forever for the rest of his life and there are different laws which pertain to this one, one <clears throat> the one that is only for a certain period can never take a haircut until it's over until his, his, uh, the period of his nazirus is over Whereas somebody that's a nazir for the rest of his life is allowed to take a haircut once a year if it gets too much and then there is a third category, which is, it's not mentioned in the Torah, it's the type of Naziris that Shimshin had. Shimshin was not allowed to take a haircut ever, even though he was a nazir forever. He was not allowed to drink wine, but he was, and distinctly from all other Nazirim, he was permitted to come into contact with the dead, which a regular nazir is not allowed to do. So that's a separate stans, uh, status of Shimshin's Naziris. So now we go to the last Mishnah where it says Shmuel was a Nazir, says Reb because it says in the puzzle that his mother said Hannah uh, took upon herself that there will be no Maira that will uh, touch his head. Um, so Reb Nahiroi says that this means that just like by Shimshon it says which means that he will never take a haircut, which means he'll be a Nazir. So also when Hannah said Meiru liyalla, she meant, meant the same thing—that it's going. He's going to be a nazir. So Rabbi Yaisi responded, "No, Meirah means that he will. His mother said he will never be afraid of anybody. So that's what it means. It doesn't mean that he became a nazir that he's not allowed to take care, But it means he'll never be afraid of anyone. The word Meirah can be interpreted both ways," says Rabbi Noiroi, But it says that. Uh, that Shmuel said later in life, Shmuel said that he, I can't do that because uh, I'm afraid of Shaul. He'll kill me. So we see that he was afraid of someone. So therefore we can't say that Chana said he will never be afraid of anybody. Mean That's what it means. It must mean that he will no, never take a haircut. That he was a That's the Mishnah. So we see from here that, he, that Ram Nehroi learns Exeter Shabbat. The word Meira is here, the word Meira is there, so just like by Shimshin it means that he was a Nazir, so also Shmuel was a Nazir. The problem with that is, where there is a rule that Gzer Shava is not done Lamachtsa. There is no Gzer Shavah Lamachtsa. It's either all the way or nothing. So if Shmuel. Uh, we learned that Shmuel was a Nazir from shimshin, then you would say that Shmuel would have the same status of Nazir as Shimshin, which we said before, is only it didn't have the same laws as a regular Nazir. Where Shmuel was a Nazir, a he was an ordinary Nazir for the rest of his whole life. So how how does that work? After the Mishnah of the Gemara goes on to say... O'Malei Rav Rav said to his son, whenever you have an opportunity to make a bracha, rather than to be the one that answers Amen, because in those days there was one person that benched, and everybody answered Amen. So he said, you should be the one to make the bracha, not the one to answer Amen. And so also Rav Hunas said to Rabbi his son, the same thing. So the Gemara asks, should we say therefore that the one that makes the bracha is greater than the one that answers? But the, the Braise says, that Rabbi Yoisi said that the one that answers Amin is greater than the one that makes the bracha. And Rabbi Roy said to him, as an oath, yes, this is so. And he gave an example. You see that it's the weaker soldiers that engage the war. They start the war. But then the more powerful soldiers come along and they bring home the, the victory. So also the one that answers the Amin is the one that brings home the victory, so to speak. So the Gemara says it's actually a machleksis atanoim. There's another b'risa that says that the one that says the, that one should always be the one to make the bracha. So therefore Rav and Rabuna were going according to that other opinion. So we have to understand about this Gemara. What's the connection between this Gemara and the, and the Mishnah? They seem to be completely unrelated to each other. And you know, this is something to do with brachas, which is, uh, should be in Mesechta Brachas, where actually it is quoted there, but why is it here? Then the Gemara concludes the Mesechta by saying, Amar of Amar the, uh, the students of the sages, they bring increased peace in the world, as the Pasuk says, and all of your sons, the ones that are taught, uh, learned, learned in the matters of Hashem, and they bring much peace. That's how the Gemara concludes. Again, what's the connection between this and anything with, with the previous Gemara and with the Mishnah also seems completely unrelated. The three things, the Mishnah, the two parts of the Gemara seem to, totally unrelated to each other. So we have to understand what is the Gemara saying here. We also have to understand what exactly is Rab'nah Yeroy adding to what Rabbi Yaisi said. Rabbi Yossi said the one that answers Amin is greater than the one that makes the bracha. So Rab'nah comes along and he says... By by heaven, it he takes an oath. This is so, and he brings a an example of the soldiers and so on. What is he adding to this discussion? So, in order to understand all this, first we have to introduce the question that the Radak asks. He asks, how exactly did Shmuel become a Nazir? What happened there was his mother said that if she has a baby, if Hashem gives her the gift of a baby, she will commit into Hashem. Dedicate him to Hashem, he will, he will become a Nazar. Meaning that he will become a nazir. How did Shmuel become a Nazar? Because his mother took a vow. The person taking the vow, has, uh, the person that wants to become a nazir has to take the vow. So how did he become a nazir? Because his mother said so. The same question can be asked also, the Radak asks about Shmuel, but the same question applies to Shimshon as well. Shimshin, uh, an angel came to his mother and said you will have a baby and that you should be careful don't eat anything and, that he, and he's going to be a nazir for the rest of his life so the malach, the angel decided that Shimshin should be a nazir so while Shimshin has to listen to what a malach says let's say similar to when a a, navi, a prophet says something in the name of Hashem it's our obligation to listen to him so Shimshin had to listen so he had to conduct himself as a Nazir. But how did he become a Nazir? Even, uh, how did he become the holiness? How did he take on the holiness of a Nazir? Because the Malach said he didn't make him into a Nazir. And even though it's true that Shimshim wasn't the classic Nazir, and that's why he was able to become Tomei Lumesim, and the ramman says that he wasn't a full-fledged Nazir, but still there was a certain holiness of Nazir and Nazir is upon him. And how did that happen to him if he didn't take the vow? So this could be explained in a similar way to what we find somewhere uh, something else. If a child is made into a ger, a non-Jewish child was converted by the Bezdin, or his father converted, and therefore he converted his children along with him, what is the status of that child? That he becomes Jewish, but he, he's considered a, as a ger, but when he turns by mitzvah, he has the opportunity that he wants, to, if he wants to reject the whole thing. He could say, I don't agree, I don't want to do it, and then it's over. He's no longer Jewish. But if he doesn't disagree, if he continues to conduct himself as a Jew, after that he no longer has the opportunity. He becomes a full-fledged Jew, and he cannot shake off. He cannot say at any point later, I don't want to be a Jew anymore. So in other words, until the time that he becomes a mitzvah, he conducts himself as a Jew, at the time when he becomes a bar mitzvah, and he doesn't disagree, he doesn't reject it, he becomes a full-fledged Jew, retroactive to the time when he was converted, and that's the reason that he doesn't have to go through a conversion again. He doesn't have to have another bris, or a toughest dumb bris, he doesn't have to go to the mikveh again. It all goes back to when he became Jewish back then, as long as he doesn't reject it at this point. In a similar way, can, we can explain the Nazirus of Shmuel and Shimshin. When, the, when Sh, uh, Shmuel's mother took an, a vow that she would direct him in the direction of Nazirus, Shmuel didn't become a Nazir. He was conducting himself, himself as a Nazir. The same thing with Shimshin. When the angel told his parents that they should um, make sure that he doesn't get a haircut and go in the ways of Nazirus, Shimshin too. He was conducting himself as a Nazir. Was he a Nazir? Were they Nazirim? No. But when they became Bar Mitzvah and they did not protest and they did say, I don't want to do this anymore, then they became a Nazir. Then Shmuel became a Nazir. Because, just like the Ger becomes the Ger when he doesn't reject it. And the same with Shimshun. Now we can understand the Shava from Shimshon to Shmuel. Of course, there are different types of Nazirim because they have a different status. They're in a different context. But they, what the Gzair Shabbat is teaching is that e- how did they become a Nazir? They became a Nazir because they didn't reject it at the time that they became a Mitzvah. And that's the same, exactly the same by Shmuel and Shimshin. And that's why you could learn Shmuel from Shimshon even though they're two different statuses of Nazirim. They have a different status of a Nazir. But the concept that they became a Nazir because they didn't reject it is the same by the two of them. And that's what we're learning from the Gzaira Shava. What does that teach us? The mother of Shmuel and the angel by shimshin they are the ones that initiated the idea of Nazirus for, for the children. Yet, that did not confer full Nazirus on them. Only when they affirmed it, when they agreed at the time when they were old enough to make the agreement, when they were ba mitzvah, that's what conferred true status of, of Naziris on them. Meaning to say that the confirmation was even stronger than what started the whole process. And that's what the Gemara is bringing when it says, God Allah yeshim Starts a conversation about which is greater, the one that makes the bracha, the one that starts and initiates the thing? Or is it the one that affirms it? And that's what Rab and Rab say. Rab says, Rab and Rab are disagreeing slightly in the matter of the bracha in a way that they disagree in regards to the situation in the Zirus. What does Rab say there? Rab is the one that says that Shmuel was not a, a Nazir. Why does he say that? Not just because the word Meire, it could mean something else other than a nazir. It's also a conceptual idea. He says, when we say that the one that answers Amen, the one that gives his affirmation to something, it can go to a higher level than the one that started it, he says, that may be true, he can move it forward from where the one that started it did. But he can't tr- completely change the situation altogether. He can't bring a new eichus, a new status to it. And therefore, he says that only shimshim was able to become a nazir because he didn't reject what the malach said. Because, number one, he was obligated by what the malach told him to do. Whereas Shim- Shmuel was not obligated by what his mother decided to do so there was a, a difference for Shimshin. he had to do what the Malach told him so he had to conduct himself in the Ziris. in addition to that even after he agreed he didn't become a full-fledged Nazir so it didn't transform him completely that's why for him it was okay but you can't learn that Shmuel should have the same status he never had the obligation to do it to begin with and he would have become a full-fledged Nazir that can't happen just by affirming something that's Rabbi Oysi's opinion, and that's why he says that Godul the one that answers, Amen, is greater. But the how much greater? Somewhat greater. He can move it forward a little bit to a higher level. Rabbi Roy says no. There's a complete. You can transform something completely by the fact that you affirm it, and that's why he says in Shmuel's case he was also able to become a Nazir. Just by not rejecting what his mother had said, and he became a full-fledged nazir, and there's no problem with that. And that's why he says, not not only do I agree with Rabbi Yosi that ha'ainim is greater, hashamayim. I find this to be a very, very impactful statement. By by heaven, he takes an oath that this is so, and he brings a raya that the weaker soldiers can can start the thing. But it's the powerful soldiers that affirm it, that complete it. They are the ones that bring home the victory. This is very real. You can transform something simply by agreeing. And then the Gemara says we find something similar in the final statement. The question is, why does it say the students of the Chachamim? Why doesn't it say the Chachamim bring peace to the world? And the answer is... The, in those days, the Chachamim were the masters of Mishnah, the ones that were cleared, they had all the Mishnah down pat. They were the teachers, and they had to teach it to the students. The students had to then analyze the Mishnah, they applied their logic to compare things to each other. So the Gemara says that the ones that study only Mishnah, they can sometimes be destructive to the world. Because when you learn something just by the facts without applying the reasoning you can sometimes compare two things which are not really similar they may seem similar but if you know the, don't know the background you make a mistake in the comparison so they could rule incorrectly it's the ones that study Talmud they are the ones that see the truth they are the ones that get to the bottom of everything so the Gemara says we find the same thing in this statement as well the Chachamim are the teachers the ones that teach they are the ones that started but it's the Talmidim which take it to the next step. They are the ones that affirm what the teachers teach. They are the ones that are able to bring true peace to the world because they are able to bring it to a place where even their teachers can't bring it. The teachers, to the contrary, could sometimes be destructive because of where they come from. So it's the same concept. So now we understand how the Mishnah leads into the first part of the Gemara about the bracha, and then leads into the Talmud Shalim, how it's all one theme that is being discussed Rebbe then explains this from the perspective of Chassidus the difference between the one that makes the bracha and the one that answers Amen is the one that makes the bracha is bringing down godly light from above a much greater level of godly light, the one that answers Amen is the one that affirms it and makes it a reality down here He's the one that's working from below in order to um, transform the, the world below. Which one of the two is greater is the question. So it depends. In our day and age, in our world, because we're never going to be able to transform the below to perfection, so therefore we'll always have to agree that what comes from above is on a higher level is hapcha, transformation that comes from above is higher is the work that we do down here has its imperfection it always remains imperfect in the time of Mashiach when the transformation that comes from below will reach perfection as ruachatuma avim and Hashem will remove all impurity from the world so the work that we did will be, reach its perfection then that's a greater level When we transform the world from our work from below, that's a much higher level. And that's the disagreement between Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Nohiroi about how much greater is the one that answers Amen. Is it only a somewhat greatness, is what Rabbi Yaisi says, but in the end what comes from above is greater? Or as Rabbi Nohiroi says, no, the greatness... It is completely transformative. It's able to make a complete transformation. Reb Noiroy says that because we're talking, he focuses on what will happen when Mashiach comes. Ultimately, that will be the absolute transformation, and that's where it's all about.